Hi, love, and welcome to Unfuck Your Life, the show for ambitious females who want more in their careers, relationships, and lifestyle, and who aren't afraid to claim it. My name is Laura Hurd, and I'm your go-to mentor for all things self-mastery, self-healing, advanced manifestation, and creating your ultimate dream life. I'm a mindset expert, master success coach, leadership mentor, and the living proof that anything your heart desires is possible for you. I'm absolutely obsessed with helping powerful women just like you to manifest and co-create anything they desire in their lives. So if you're ready to massively uplevel your well-being, your confidence, your connections, productivity, and success, then keep on listening. This podcast is your weekly dose of self-growth and mindset mastery to help you step into your fullest potential. I'm here to provide you with the insights, the tools, strategies, and guidance you need to become the most aligned, powerful version of yourself. So if you're committed to create success and fulfillment on your own terms, then let's get started. And make sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a beat. Hello, my loves, and welcome to another episode on Unfuck Your Alive, the show for ambitious women who are ready to calibrate to their next level in their lives, in their careers, in their romance. So today we'll be talking about the aspects of entrepreneurship that aren't that often talked about and addressed. And I find that so often when I speak to, you know, fellow ambitious entrepreneurs like my girlfriends or um, just like in my network, I always find that a lot of people are surprised what it takes to be an entrepreneur, um, what, you know, common scenarios are in situations that you find yourself in that just aren't addressed that often. So this is what we'll cover um, at least a little bit in today's episode. And also um, we'll talk about overwhelming, just like some of the most frequently asked questions in my DMs and also by my clients when it comes to running a business, being a CEO, um, avoiding burnout and overwhelm. So um, I'll also touch um, on making big decisions because this is also something that, again, like the entrepreneurial space is being glamorized quite a bit. And I find that uncomfortable topics like making big, scary decisions, not just like investments into like another coach or a program, but also in terms of pivoting your business, um, letting go a team member, taking on a new team member, even though you financially feel like you're not ready yet, you know, embodying that CEO energy, even though primarily you sign up for being a coach because you wanted to be a coach and not a CEO, right? Like all those different things. So um, let's get started. Let's dive right in. Um, probably the number one question in my DMs um, is at the moment, how to run a business without overwhelm? Like, hey, Laura, I am, you know, I'm running my business since a couple of months, even years, and I feel stuck. I feel overwhelmed. I feel exhausted. I feel like I'm starting to resent my business. And I always feel that because I felt resentful resentful towards my business myself at some point um not because I stopped you know feeling connected to my why not because I um you know didn't see the point of doing what I was doing not because I didn't love my clients anymore but because it just felt exhausting um to constantly be switched on to constantly brainstorm new work projects to constantly be thinking of solutions even in my downtime so um 
I actually did a Q&A on my stories yesterday addressing exactly that. Like, it's so important to switch off as an entrepreneur, no matter what kind of business you have. It doesn't even have to be coaching or a service-based business. Any type of business, if you are self-made, if you're an entrepreneur, you could constantly work, right? Can we all agree on that for a moment? So it is so important to have boundaries, set them for yourself and stick to them because no one else will hold you accountable to your own boundaries, right? No one will do that for you. So it's so, so crucial that you are the one who's like, okay, I'm deciding to cut off from work at like 6 p.m., whatever works for you like if you're like me you'll love to start work at maybe 10 a.m like i usually hop on my laptop around 10 10 30 a.m that feels so good for me i'm also then happy to hop on my laptop for another 30 or 45 minutes after dinner like i don't mind because it's dark outside you can't do stuff here in bali when it's dark so well you can but like I'm not interested in that at the moment so in this season of my life i just love to be outside during the day like midday beach walks at 2 p.m. with Max um, and, the, and the kids, the dogs. <laughs> um, that is so nice. So, But it ha- you have to have these moments where you just completely unplug. Like I don't even, and this is something I just started recently, like a couple of weeks ago. I don't even take my phone to the beach anymore when we go there with the dogs. Um, when you, if, you, if you ever see me post like beach stories, I film them from Max's iPhone and I, I drop them to my phone because I'm not interested in having my phone with me anymore. Um, and this is a boundary that I eventually set for myself and following through makes me feel so good because I am not ever resigning my business anymore. If there's ever th- something that's annoying me or feel like I'm stuck, I will outsource it or I'll just leave it. Um, if there's not a super strong why, why I should be figuring this out. Um, so another few things are, um, and again, feel free to take notes because this is something I wish someone else would have told me earlier. I used to be all over the place and just chase shiny objects and try to do it all all by myself. Um, So the first thing is to really focus on one project at a time. I used to feel like every single idea, uh, because I'm like a visionary, I have so many different ideas, I would love to act on every single one immediately. But um, I eventually came to the point where I was really choosing, okay, what makes the most sense at the moment? Which project is such a full body yes that I'm happy to sacrifice everything else for a little bit? Um, right? Like, what is it that I want to give my everything to? And that is my number one project. Of course, I still have my private clients. Of course, I'll still, you know, look into my emails every now and then. But like the project is the thing. For me, um, in April, my main project will be having a lot of guests on my podcast. So I have a lot of time set aside for podcast interviews, right? Um, So this is a project I'm focusing on. And then there is a launch happening that my team and I already have prepared in the last couple of weeks. So that's super, super nice because I won't really be doing any more other than promoting. Um, but I won't be actively doing anything in terms of creation. I'll just create my podcast interviews and that's it. So it's one project for April, right? One at a time. Um, and then what you're doing with those projects is you are breaking them down into actionable steps. Because if you have this big project, you're like, okay, so this is intimidating, this is big, this is broad, this is scary, where do I even start? You are breaking it down into the tiniest, smallest steps. Like, let's say my project is, okay, this is like a small project, but let's say my project is a podcast episode. So where do I start with a podcast episode? Well, I am brainstorming what I want to speak about first. 
if I want to do a guest episode or solo, let's say today was a solo episode, right? So it's a solo episode. So I decide on solo versus guest episode. I decide on the topic. Um, and then I start taking some notes. Um, I see what comes up for me. I then schedule a time for recording. Then I record it, I film it, I send everything to my editors so they get it ready, um, the video content and the audio content. Um, then there's timestamps being created um, to make it easier for you guys to listen to this uh, if you're short on time. Like there's just like so many moving, there's small steps, there's very small steps. Um, then there's the review process where I'm reviewing everything that my team did for me. Like there's tiny little steps. So I'm, I'm not looking at, okay, podcast, I'm recording. I'm thinking about all the small little steps and I'm scheduling them in. That's the main thing. Second one is having your priorities right from the get-go as an entrepreneur, no matter what kind of state you're at, having your priorities so freaking clear. Not like I did. I'm saying it because I did it for so many years, okay? Don't chase shiny objects. Don't do things that you already have a feeling won't really work. I mean, sometimes you don't know if they will work until you actually take action and you see that there's either a great outcome or a not so great outcome. Um, but usually it's great to have someone guide you and already, you know, someone who's been there and who can tell you, oh, yeah, this is worth investing your time and energy into or no, this is just not worth it. I wish I would have had someone on my shoulder in the first, let's say, two and a half or three years of entrepreneurship telling me, yes, act on this. No, don't act on this because it's really not worth it. Right? Like creating a $5 ebook, not worth it. Right? Like no, you, you won't pay your bills with that. So like just having someone who can guide you is super, super helpful. Also, just ask yourself in your own guidance when you're relying on yourself right now and you're not having any mentorship available ask yourself, what are the needle movers? What do I know from my own experience thus far? And you have to have some experience, of, of course, already to ask that question. But like, what are the needle movers? What usually makes, like, what typically does make a difference um, for me? Where do I see immediate, like, when I'm posting on stories or when I'm putting on these type of posts that are performing really well? Or, you know, like, what is it for you where you know you'll have some sort of result that you're happy about and satisfied with? Um, and also set boundaries around everything else. Like don't, don't do everything else that you know is not going to cut it for you because you will likely be shorter on time. Like most women in my mastermind still have some sort of side job, um, to like take the financial pressure off of them, which is something that I exactly did myself too. When I started, I was waitressing a little bit here and there. I had two other smaller jobs. I was still studying full-time at university and I was building my business on the side and already coaching quite a few one-on-one clients. Uh, when I went full-time, I had 15 one-on-one clients. Um, it was crazy. So we have to set boundaries, right? Um, and stick to them like don't feel like oh like I've set this boundary but let me just overstretch myself a little bit more like then you're building resentment from the very get-go um another like tip advice is to create more than you consume really embodying that and like internalizing that has made such a huge difference for me in the past I want to say one and a half to two years where I really started following a lot of people where the content was good it was not bad content but it was just not relevant for me um and I knew like opening my app and seeing all these different posts from all these different people on my newsfeed like it just gave me straight up anxiety and um if I wasn't cautious if I wasn't like being conscious 
and focus on what I opened the app for in the first place, I would just go into this rabbit hole and like look at all these posts and scroll and like half an hour would be gone. And um, we really don't want that. We want to create more than we consume. So have your limits around how much you consume. Yes, you can get inspired. Yes, you can also educate yourself, but like have a time limit to it, right? Um, also, so that when you are creating, you are creating from a clear channel. Um, usually I create my content on th- Tuesdays. Um, so what I'm trying to do is not consume any content on a Monday, because naturally your subconscious is picking up on different wordings and different things. And without you even consciously wanting it, you will not recreate what someone else did, what you consume, but you will definitely be inspired and influenced by it in some subtle or not so subtle way. And I don't want that for myself. So what I'm doing is I'm not consuming a lot of content, if any at all, the day before I'm creating content. Um, and whenever inspiration does strike for me, so like an idea comes to me that I want to act on um, and I can't act on it immediately because I am just in the middle of something else, I will just write the idea down into my notes app on my phone and then I can act on it whenever I have time to act on it, right? Um, next on, there is the weekly structure you want to look at. Are you kind of all over the place? I mean, also it really depends on do you have a side job or do you, are you like full time? Um, but how can you structure your work days, no matter if you're working like part time, like at another job or full time for yourself? How can you avoid distractions? For me, leaving my phone in a different room, let's say like the living room, so helpful when I'm working on my laptop. Um, I also don't have WhatsApp on my laptop, which my boyfriend is trying to convince me to do that because it's so handy. I see the point. And I'm always like, no, don't send this to me via WhatsApp, send it to me via email because I don't want to have WhatsApp on my laptop because otherwise I'll get soaked up in like different chats, even with friends. I don't want that. So I'm keeping my laptop clean for work purposes only. Um, And so, yeah, like just like avoid any distractions that may come up. Um, I don't have any notifications on. The only thing I do see is when another email like a new email is coming in um and when I'm working on my laptop but that's the only thing that doesn't really like disturb me because I'm not paying attention um but really make an effort to establish a flow state ritual for yourself um a ritual that you know will get you into a very focused state of flow where you where you're just soaked up in what you're doing, where you're just so present with whatever you're doing at the moment um, that you like your mind stops wandering to other things because you're fully present with the one thing that you're focusing on, okay? Another thing is, and I wish, again, I wish I would have had a mentor earlier who would have told me that it's a really good idea to have a business playbook. I didn't even know what a business playbook was until, like, maybe three and a half years ago where I started to like think about ways to outsource, to make processes more efficient, um, to streamline. And so what you're doing with the business playbook, and again, if you are three months into your business, have a business playbook because you are doing certain things, you're using certain templates, you are starting to establish certain processes that you are constantly repeating in order to eventually have them in a place where if you do get into the position to even just hire someone for like three hours a week to help you out with some admin, you can just hand that playbook over to them and they know exactly what to do and how to do it for you. Um, 
So what you're noting down in there is frequent processes, like how to respond to emails, what kind of templates to use for your Instagram posts, how to automate things if you're like in the automation process, right? How to write a sales page, what your framework and structure is, client onboarding, uh, you know, writing newsletters, setting up newsletters, creating templates, like all those things, right? So you have all of that in there. I have a huge business playbook at this point, having been in business for five and a half, nearly six years. Um, I have a huge business playbook. And everyone who's coming to my company, they're like, whoa, like, there is a lot. I have a vault with like resources, with like courses I bought. I have a vault with content, pictures, written content. Um, there are so many Loom videos with step-by-step -step explanations. I love it. I love it because it's all streamlined. I never have to worry about a thing. And this is where you want to, like, this is the point you want to get yourself to as a CEO is to never have to worry about a thing because everything is automated, streamlined, structured. You are just operating in your zone of genius, which is likely helping people, which is likely coaching or whatever your business, if you're not a service-based business, whatever it is that you want to be focusing on, it's not like the whole back end, right? Um, the whole operational side of things. Outsourcing that as early as possible, game changer for your sanity, for your personal life, just for, for everything, okay? Um, and then Another tip is to have a content bank with ideas where you just know like you love to write about that, you know, like your audience wants that from you. It wants to read from you about like wellness and mental health and whatever your key pillars are. Just note that down and also write like write out, oh, what is a frequently asked question in my DMs? Like for me, let's say it's how to overcome overwhelm as a business owner. I could create so many pieces of content about that. Um, when I divide it into like little sub pillars. So what do you want to have is a content bank with ideas. Um, you can even pull ideas from, again, your DMs, um, client messages, applications, just like pulling your audience and your IG stories, right? And also just like things your past self would have wanted to learn about, right? Like just have that content bank whenever you feel like, oh, I'm feeling really uninspired. I don't want to talk about it. I have nothing to say and you'll circle back to that content bank and get inspired. Um, and then, yeah, last one for this one is like, just, I said it before, I'll say it again, outsource as early on as possible. Even if you have like someone intern who wants to learn from you, even if you have someone for like just a few hours a week, um, doesn't matter because it will make a difference for you because it will free up time and headspace as well. Um, another frequently asked question for me that I get quite often is how to master yourself. How do you know navigate difficult um, seasons, which I think I've become a master of since last year. Last year has brought me to my knees and has, in a way, which is so interesting and so beautiful, um, even though it's been so challenging and painful at times, it's made me become a way better embodied leader. Holy shit, like last year was exactly the... Um, it was full of the lessons that I needed in order to really know what it means to navigate, you know, life and business and in its duality and its polarity and just like really show up no matter what. And I'm so proud of myself for doing that. And I'm so happy that I now, you know, can teach my clients how to thrive as a CEO, no matter what is happening in your business or in your personal life. 
um, the first thing is to really learn how to direct your atten attention and manage your state, you know, how you're feeling, how you're thinking, how you're perceiving things. Because truth is, as you go along on this entrepreneurial journey, there will always be hardships coming up. There will always be roadblocks. There will always be new situations where you're like, oh, what, what am I doing with that now, right? This is normal. Like there will be fear and doubt and overwhelm coming up. How can you shift your mind and shift your body and your emotional experience to trust, certainty, confidence? How quickly can you shift? How quickly can you come back to a grounded, centered, peaceful place within yourself? Because that is key. A lot of entrepreneurs do not succeed, not because they don't have the strategy in place, not because they don't have the team in place, not because of, you know, lack of time or resources, but because they're not able to manage their state. Simple as that. Um, another thing is to early on know your strengths. Know what is your zone of genius and your zone of joy, of course, as well. Um, is it writing? Is it expressing yourself? Is it, you know, live streams and video content? Is it networking, vision mapping? What is it? What are you best at? And leverage that. Each of us has a unique main, main, main strength. Um, as a CEO, which one is it for you and how can you leverage that even more? How can you play to your strengths, right? Um, this is another great question to ask yourself. Then also know, and this is easily overlooked, super crucial though, know when to speed up, know when to slow down. I used to only speed up, speed up, speed up. Like I was constantly speeding somewhere. <laughs> um, but how can you actually figure out when is a time to slow down? When is a time to not launch something? When is a time to just self-nurture, connect, play? Um, last year in September, my mom came here for a couple of weeks. So we spent a lot of time together. Um, I just had like I just went into a launch before then I was launching while she was here, but it was minimum effort because I had everything prepared before the launch, which is something you always want to do is you don't want to work on the launch during the launch, but before the launch, right in the pre-launch phase. Um, but like know when to slow down and when to just be present, when to nourish yourself. How can you make your business journey more sustainable by just slowing down a little bit and giving yourself permission to just enjoy the fruits of your labor because if you've been building a business for quite a bit you've gotten to a place where you get to enjoy the fruits of your labor and there's nothing wrong with that of course there's a next level after that and you can speed up again what last year taught me was that I can speed up so much faster in life and in business if I've taken a couple of days a couple of weeks to just rejuvenate, to just take care of myself, to just do things for fun without having like any professional purpose behind them, right? So know when to speed up, which those seasons I have to like right now, I'm actually in a season of speeding up after having taken it so slow for almost half a year, <laughs> I want to say, right? So like right now I'm in the season where I'm starting a lot of new projects and a lot of things are... Um, like being turned into movement, like there's things moving, there's moving parts again, there's um, a lot of forward movement, a lot of forward motion for me, but um, that's not been the case really that much in the past six or so months, so know when to speed up, know when to slow down, how to find your own sweet spot, there's not necessarily a right or wrong way to do this, um, depends on your goals and, you know, also your timelines and what you see for yourself, etc., 
I, for myself, decided there is no set timeline, there is no more rush, and that feels really, really good for me. Um, another thing is to work with your energy levels and with your cycle, especially as women, as divine feminine beings, we have a cycle that predicts when we are very energetic and outgoing and social and when we are ready to slow down and just be with ourselves and um, self-nurture, right? And so working with your cycle as well is going to change the game because I don't want to be having a lot of calls when I'm on my period. Um, I just want to like be in my little room cave and just like not even see friends, to be honest with you. Just want to eat my chocolate brownies and drink tea and get early nights and that's it. And I need my cuddles too, but you know what I mean? So you want to work with your energy levels naturally, like independently from your cycle like if I ever feel like oh I'm getting really tired I had that yesterday twice um so I was feeling like oh my energy is starting to drop I had like a shitty night before I couldn't sleep that well so naturally throughout the day my energy was more low and my focus was a little bit scattered so whenever I would recognize that I would immediately get away from my laptop and give myself rest for half an hour, an hour, one and a half hours. We then went to the beach, then I laid down. It was amazing because at night I had another 60 or 90 minutes of focused work. It was incredible Um, because I'd given myself the permission before to really rejuvenate and rest up um, so that when I am working, I am at uh, absolute 100%, right? So this is super, super crucial as well to work with your energy levels, with your moon cycle. Um, another thing is to be freaking realistic when planning deadlines for projects be so realistic and this is something I've been learning the hard way um, I always used to be like oh I can do this in this time and like this and I was not considering moving parts in my personal life like friends coming over to Bali or um, I don't know like travels or I don't know, just my body being a season where I was like feeling like I needed a little bit more rest you know like whatever it is like where you know realistically like this is something that you'll invest time into whether it's adventure or socializing or resting or like uh, personal life projects whatever it is um or maybe you have two projects going on in your business at the same time just be realistic about this one thing where you're setting all these tight deadlines and you're like it will be done by this and this and this I said such generous deadlines if if I get things done faster amazing Um, that will happen quite often because my deadlines are so generous and I'll never feel stressed, but I'm always getting things done because not like I, I won't like procrastinate anyways. It's more so just that you don't feel like you're behind because this constant feeling of being behind, it sucks. Let's just be honest. It sucks. It makes business so much less enjoyable. And why are we not letting go of all these timelines like what are these for anyways right like do you have to hit this number in a month like the next month you could make double that but just like let go of timelines right so what I'm saying is be a little bit more generous um I call it I don't know what the English term is but I call it puffa like Puffertzeit were in German, um, where I just give myself that extra little time that I don't think I will need, but usually I do need it. And if I don't need it, amazing. I have more time to like sip on a tea or chat with Max. You know what I mean? So have that extra little bit of time um, to just make sure that you're staying on track with your schedule. Because sometimes like even just like someone calling you 
will get you off track with your schedule. We don't want that. We want to foresee that by scheduling in that extra time. Um, and then also lastly, to have practices in place that you know will support you in coming back to yourself when there is something hectic happening. Um, just know that you will know that, oh, no matter what's happening in my business or my personal life, I know I can come back to myself, I can regulate myself, and I can keep moving forward without feeling completely scattered or um, emotionally unable to work because something has thrown you off and you're like still thinking about it, you're still upset about it. Like know how to regulate yourself as a business owner and also know how to shift perspectives because usually we make things worse than they actually are there's usually always a solution to something um but in the moment we make it so big and so important and so bad right so that's why self mindset mastery is key as an entrepreneur we all know that um next up a lot of my clients are always saying oh i struggle with self-sabotage i feel like i'm sabotaging my own success i have a fear of failure i have a fear of success um i feel like there is momentum lacking so we want to understand in the first place what makes us sabotage, what makes us take action that we know rationally doesn't get us closer to where we see ourselves, how we want to feel. It doesn't get us any closer, right? We know that, but we're still acting in those old patterns, old cycles, because that's what we learned. That's how we once used to cope and it used to give us a sense of safety and a sense of, you know, it used to serve a purpose in the past, essentially, but it's no longer serving that purpose now in the present. But we're still holding on to it because it's so deeply ingrained in our subconscious minds and our patterns. So whether we're playing small, we're procrastinating, we're having perfectionistic tendencies, we're trying to please others, seek approval, validation. Maybe we hide ourselves, right? No matter what it is that we're doing that we just know is not getting us any closer to where we want to be. Um, think about what triggers this, like what needs to happen in order for you to fall into this old coping strategy that is clearly not serving you anymore. And um, how can you release that and befriend that trigger and be like, all right, when this happens, I don't have to fall into this old coping strategy of people pleasing, procrastinating, doing this, doing that, like whatever you're doing that's not moving you forward. How can you instead install a new strategy that actually brings you closer to where you see yourself when something happens, when something happens externally or someone says something and that makes you feel a certain way, right? So again, all related to self-mastery. And what really helps, and this is something I always tell my clients to do and I do that myself and it's a really nice practice, it's very comforting, is to think of that worst case scenario because usually there is a worst case scenario to everything. Like whenever we have to make a decision or whenever something could happen, there is a worst case scenario where it gets worse and worse and worse. Look at the very worst case scenario and ask yourself, how can I befriend that? That idea that this could actually happen. Look at that worst case scenario. How would I cope mentally, emotionally, and in action strategically if this was taking place? And then really sit with that befriend the idea and think about how would I cope so you have a strategy in place and also think about how can I prevent this right now from happening is there anything I can do right now to possibly prevent this from happening and then take action on that I'm going to give you an example this is perfect um I did not start this podcast here for three or four years because 
because of a couple of reasons. One being I told myself that I was lacking the time when really I was just not making, a, making it a priority. I was just prioritizing other projects. There was always something else going on where I was like, nah, I'm going to do this first. I'm going to do this first. And then there was always something new coming up, right? So that was one thing. The other thing was I had a fear that it would just not be good enough that maybe the audio quality wasn't right or something else wouldn't be right or maybe people wouldn't enjoy, you know, listening, whatever. Um, turn out I would actually figure out along the way how to improve the audio quality. Actually, that's not true. Max figured out how to improve my audio quality. Um, we tried out so many things. But that was a fear. Just think about how ridiculous that is. Um, and also, I don't have to, in every single episode, articulate things perfectly. I don't have to speak in a certain way. Not everyone who listens has to resonate with me, you know? Like, the messages I've gotten this far are proof enough for me to be like, wow, like, people love this. People love to hear me jam on things. Um, so, eventually, I befriended that idea that not each episode will be perfect audio quality-wise or even with the things I say. Um, and I just created more space in my schedule to prioritize recording those episodes. Problem solved. Surprise, right? So sometimes it really is that, th that simple. And um, it really is all about taking those small action steps daily to build momentum. Um, what I did with my first episode was I committed to recording for 15 minutes. If, I w if it would suck, if I would hate it, if whatever would happen something went wrong, I could just stop, like 15 minutes, come on, right, and so after 15 minutes, I was not even thinking about stopping anymore, because I was in my flow, right, so usually what we do is when we give ourselves this um, time frame of like 10 minutes or 15 minutes, by the time we reach that 15 minutes, we are in a flow state, we're on it, we're not gonna stop anytime soon, right, And so the resistance to like stop becomes smaller with each minute passing pretty much because you are one invested already and two, you took the hardest first step, which is getting started. Um, and then the last one for this one here is to work on your self-worth. Um, I talked a lot in episode six on self-worth, so go listen to that if you haven't already. Um, but when you're sabotaging, you usually think you're not good enough, which was the case for me with my podcast. Um, and when you work on that, problem solved, right? So self-worth is definitely something to look at for you. Um, as well. Another frequently asked question I get quite a bit is how to embody, and this is a tricky one, I, I admit that, how to embody abundant energy when sales aren't coming in as you want. We've all been there as entrepreneurs, if you've been a seasoned entrepreneur who's been in business for a little bit, but even if you have just been in business for a few months, you'll likely know that there is days, there's weeks and months where There is more money flowing in than others. That's just like naturally how entrepreneurship works, right? So here's what to take note of though. Abundance is an energy that you can embody whether you are financially being abundant, receiving money, receiving this type of energy or not. You can be in a state of overflow whether you have a lot of money in the bank or not right? Overflow and abundance is not necessarily tied to finances. It is a, finances is a form of abundance, like money 
is a form of abundance and it's beautiful when we have overflow in that area but how about we focus on abundance and overflow in other life areas how can you be so generous with your time how can you be so generous with loving care with attention listening to someone else giving advice how can you be abundant in other ways how can you be more giving in other ways how can you give more not just financially speaking if we donate amazing right um if we treat our mom to like something nice amazing um but like how can you be giving and generous in other ways as well um ask yourself what makes you feel rich in happiness contentment fulfillment love oh my god love is such a high frequency right how can you be abundant in that how can you embody that type of abundance hint that's all what truly matters anyway it's like if i don't have an abundance of love in my life an abundance of money will fix some problems but it won't make me a happier person when it comes to love like if you are having a shitloads of money but you know like no friends no family no partner no community no nothing i mean yeah money fixes some problems you'll have it more convenient but you're lacking the essence of life that is connection and love so how can you focus on abundance in other areas first um and let money come as a byproduct of you embodying what you're teaching and you just overflowing with love and happiness, right? Um, how can you get into the state of overflow every single day? Can you have like a little abundance overflow practice that you just know will leave you feeling a certain way after? Like high on life. Um, how can you be more rich in sexual energy? How can you flirt with yourself? How can you flirt with life? How can you flirt with everything surrounding you? right? Um, just know that sexual energy and financial energy are feeding off of each other too. So as women, if we're giving ourselves permission to unlock our sensual sexual energy, holy shit, abundance portal right there, right? So how can you focus more on pleasure? I'm not saying that just like kid you guys when I'm like talking on my IG about it, like pleasure is powerful in life, but also in business, really right um how can you again flirt with life as a whole you can also flirt with others it's fun um when you're single <laughs> uh, but also if you have a partner flirt with your partner a little bit more it's oh it's delicious um and how can you romanticize your daily rituals and routines how can you romanticize the small little acts like lighting a candle sipping on your tea <sighs> sometimes i just sit there like my puppy on my lap and I'm like oh I'm so happy right now like I couldn't ask for more right now and maybe I had a shit day but I, was, I sit there and I'm like hmm you know like sometimes the small things are all we need and um, again what I said in the beginning give more without necessarily investing money invest your time energy hold space give advice listen to someone else um, this is also a form of you embodying abundant uh, energy and also, as a business owner, a little fun question to ask yourself is, how would you feel right now if your dream client just signed up for your biggest package? How can you embody that type of energy every day? That is magnetic as fuck. Um, so there we go. Um, we'll 
finish off with some aspects and parts of entrepreneurship that aren't talked about very often. Um, I noted down what immediately came to mind. There is probably a few I'm missing. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to start on that because I think this is an interesting conversation to have. So first one is, and this is something probably a lot of like seasoned entrepreneurs are telling you, but the first few years are the hardest. It's a fact. It's a given. You're building the foundations from zero. Um, it is a lot of work. Like, don't believe people who are like, oh, you can make 10K in the first 10 weeks of your business. Maybe some people can, but it's not common. It's, it's an exception uh, if someone can do that. So really just know that building strong foundations that later on are still not going to, like, fall apart because I know a lot of people who like scale super fast um but foundations aren't in place so later on it catches up on them right so how can you cultivate so much dedication so much willpower strong connection to your why that keeps you going when you just don't seem to see any results that why will keep you going um and a solid strategy too because without a strategy you're throwing spaghetti at the wall I did that in the first couple of years could have saved myself so much time and energy, man. Um, why not make things easier for yourself and accelerate the process, right? So dedication, commitment, a strong why, strategy that just works. Um, and then another thing that a lot of people aren't talking about is lack of social contact. Like I see a lot of female entrepreneurs have like sisterhood wounds, like even some women who came into my mastermind said, oh, like, I, I just don't connect with women that well. I don't have any, you know, follow ambitious entrepreneur friends. Um, and I think that's so sad. And I, I felt that because I had that for a really long time as well. Um, and it just, it was a whole aspect of life missing. Community, connection, come on. Priceless, right? Being understood, being seen, being supported, being loved. Priceless. And um, I was being misunderstood by old friends and family members for a really long time and I had to find my community and now I have the most incredible women around me insane insane <laughs> so grateful and um lack of social contact is real though so um I think this is something to like really really look at how can you have community how can you have sisters supporting you um just like just like people to connect with who really get it because being an entrepreneur is is definitely something that not a lot of people can understand if they've never been in the situation before. Because um, there's so much responsibility. You're responsible for everything. No one else, right? Um, another difficult truth is, I guess, is that not every coach has what it takes to be a CEO. Some, some skills have to be developed. I'm saying that with love because... Being a CEO is a whole other thing than being a coach. When you're coaching, you have coaching skills. When you're CEO, you have entrepreneurial skills. And I didn't have any entrepreneurial skills when I started. I really had to start also with that from scratch. Because I was good at guiding people. I didn't have a certification at that time. I got certified in late 2019. Um, but I, I had nothing. <laughs> I was studying media communication journalism, completely unrelated to what I do today. And um, so if you haven't taken a business course, like business starter foundations course, how can you know, right? If you're then, if you're a step further, not in a mastermind of like people 
you know, giving you the next level strategies and support that you need. How can you, how can you become the next level CEO, right? So being a CEO requires you to, you know, manage finances and have an overview, act as a visionary, um, be a content creator, marketer, be able to self-regulate. It's so much more than just coaching people, right? That's one skill. That's something I teach inside of ECA, my Holistic Certification Academy for aspiring and newbie coaches. Um, but then there's a whole other like net level to it as a CEO, which is why I created my mastermind now, which is called the Fem Leader, um, a Feminine Leadership Mastermind. Because again, it's two completely different things, right? And um, it's really, really helpful to have that mental, emotional, and strategic long-term support. Um, having that as priceless, I just recently signed up for a six-month one-on-one mentorship because I know it's time for yet another level and I won't go there myself. Um, and so two more things are the hustle is very often glamorized. Like get up at 5 a.m., have your coffee, push through, da, da, da. It's actually really fucking dangerous and our health suffers, our mental, our emotional and our physical health. I'm saying that having been there myself, having had mental, emotional and physical burnout to the point where I was exhausted to my bones and I I was part of the hustle culture right I was part of that culture that glamorized and praised and supported and pushed the idea of getting up so early and having all that coffee and just doing 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 and like once you hit a certain goal amazing but like let's move on and I at some point life was just like nope no further <laughs> and I was like all right all right then um let's look at that like what were my patterns at play like perfectionism and this low self-esteem high achieving mentality that got me there in the first place hustles being glamorized but it's not a vibe how about flowing how about um just obviously you won't feel your way to success you won't just like be in your feminine all the time and then you'll become successful overnight no but you you need the masculine structure I'm never gonna say oh you know fuck the masculine approach no like the masculine approach has its place still in my life I love to have my systems and structures without it I would be lost without it I would be burned out right so it has its place but it's all about finding that sweet spot and being able to also know when to, again, slow down, when to flow, when to act on your intuition rather than just being strategic, all those things. Um, so yes, there will be times and seasons where you're speeding up. For me, it's a season of speeding up, but I'm not feeling burnout. I'm not feeling overwhelmed. I'm not hustling. Still, I'm just working in a very dedicated, focused way. Um, for a couple of weeks to kickstart certain new projects that require more of my time and energy um, but it's so far away from where it used to be and that is amazing so it's really about how you're approaching things and how you are working right are you hustling or are you working with focus and with breaks and like still nourishing yourself um, and the last one is, and again, money is something a lot, a lot of people talk about, so I'm going to talk about it. 
Um, expenses will naturally grow as you grow your business. You can scale in a super lean way. Like I scale to multiple six figures with just one team member. Um, I still have one person full time and the others are like doing a couple of hours a week. So I'm still like a very lean company uh, team wise. Um, but expenses will just grow. You'll have different systems. You will have mentorship investments that will grow. Like now I'm spending multiple five figures on coaches. It used to be like, oh my God, I'm so scared to spend those 3K, right? Like <laughs> that is normal, but you will build up, right? Like as you, as you grow as a CEO, as a business owner, as you get more and more comfortable to invest in yourself, as you build that self-trust that if you invest, you'll get a return, um, that just really helps and um oftentimes and this is a not so fun fact people have more money left to live their life when they earn six figures than multiple six figures because eventually you can get to a place where spending is like out of control because of rising operational costs hiring lots of team members ad spend increasing da, da, da. like you can spend so much money as a business owner on your business um that sometimes you have more money left for you when you're earning like multiple five or six figures rather than multiple six figures so and again money management is so important um to just like know how to budget to know when to spend more like where to invest more and where to maybe wait Again, this is not something you know when you are getting certified as a coach because no certification is going to teach you like how to be a strategic CEO. Um, but these are just things that we want to be aware of when we're getting into entrepreneurship. And I wish someone would have told me earlier, but here I am now telling you, babes. Um, I hope that this was interesting. If you have any questions on anything I share today, please feel free to get into my DMs. I love chatting with you. I'm, I have a blast talking about uh, my podcast with you babes in the DMs. The messages I receive are making my days. And um, yeah, everything I share today are based, like all these things are the reason why I um, kind of pivoted last year more into like leadership. I, I used to talk, as you babes know, if you've been following along for a long time, I used to only talk about self-mastery, only talk about manifestation confidence. And those things are all still fundamental, fundamental, foundational, um, parts of my teachings. It's all still infused in there. It's all in there. It's not gone. And on top of that, I introduced feminine energy, embodiment work, leadership, all those things that I've been recently feeling very excited to talk about. And it's also the reason why I created my mastermind because there was no space like that that I saw in the online space that was really so holistic where it's success on all levels, wealth on all levels, um, considering your emotional and mental experience and the strategy. It's just like, mm, I wish I would have like had the opportunity to join a mastermind like that um, two or three or four years ago. So um, we had our first call already on Saturday. It was incredible. Um, but you still got three days left to join us because there was the opening ceremony on Saturday. Um, you will be able to watch the replay if you join in the next two days. So you can still catch up. You can still introduce yourself in our WhatsApp group, which is just like popping. <laughs> so um, if you want to join last minute, you definitely can. You'll find more info in the show notes. 
Um, and with that, that's it for today. So don't forget to rate this podcast if you haven't already. Feel free to leave a review on iTunes. I would love that. It means the world to me. Um, you can also screenshot it and send it to my team um, at supportedlowerhair.com for a free resource that is incredible and life-changing um, that you'll get as, as a thank you. And uh, also, obviously, feel free to share this podcast episode on your stories. Don't forget to tag me so I can repost you. And um, also, of course, make sure to be subscribed to my weekly Align and Accelerate newsletters for all the deeds, all the updates, more content. And um, yeah, be sure to be subscribed for the next episode coming out next week on Tuesday. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to connect in the next episode. Bye.